Our next guests are the co-hosts of the very popular radio program entitled The Big Show. The Big Show. This is The Big Show. They call me Hollywood. Here come The Big Show. Big Show. show. Ladies and gentlemen, The Big Show. It's The Big Show. Is everybody ready? Today is Tuesday, right? Take extra care to follow the instructions or you'll be put to sleep. And don't forget Taco Tuesdays. Let's get rolling. This is The Big Show on 97.5, 1280 The Zone in the Zone Sports Network. It's the Big Show. Happy Tuesday, 97.5, 1280 The Zone. Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, Austin Horton running the show behind the glass. Happy, uh, well, belated Memorial Day to everybody out there. Hopefully everybody had a, a very nice Memorial Day weekend. Gordon, how are you? I, I like three-day weekends, but uh, it does knock everybody off uh, this week, doesn't it? Because it seems like Monday. It does seem a little bit like Monday, but don't you have a, a short week on the other end, too? Oh uh, yeah, but I'm just talking about in general. I'm saying, you know, what I'm saying is that when you're scheduling things, don't forget that we're a day ahead. We are a day ahead. That is uh, that is true. You have a nice weekend, family time. I did. Yeah, it was uh, it was terrific. Lots and lots of fun. Went and visited some uh, some uh, of those in my family who have passed on, and that's always a nice thing to do and brings back fond memories. So yeah, how about you? Oh man, we had we had a whirlwind of a weekend. It was great. We did all sorts of fun stuff. Got stuff down done around the house. Did you get your round of golf in? We did, and the the weather yesterday was pretty darn good actually. And it was uh, we chilly. Got, we got eighteen in, no problem. You're just not complaining, which I like. Well, we we layered up. You know, we prepared for all occasions, so we we had the proper uh, clothing and all. And oh yeah, we were we were down to normal golf shirt and shorts by the end of the round. It was nice. <laughs> How was Sadie hitting them? She did not participate. Oh. Uh, no, she was uh, busy. A year and a half old is a little early yet? A little young. We did take her to the aviary on uh, on Saturday. Haven't been to the aviary in years. And what, what were your One, impressions? they've renovated it, certainly, since I was there last, <laughs> and they've done a really terrific job. Two, my one-and-a-half-year-old uh, really likes ducks from afar, up close. <laughs> not so much. Not, not so much. Yeah, I, no. We had a friend of the family who was this big, strapping athlete, scared to death of birds, of any any kind. And one time we were eating at this place outside, and it was near a pond, and all of a sudden this duck walked over. And I've never seen a six-foot-six, 250-pound athlete jump up and run quite like that. Hmm. All birds. I said, what the duck's going on? Hmm. But uh, anyway, he uh, he uh, was afraid of birds. Wow. My year and a half old. Liked him, I guess. <laughs> Until they got up close. Until they got up close. You know, they yeah. will bite you. I've told you. I've, we've talked about this before that, you know, a goose will take down a dog. And so you don't want to mess with them. Yeah, you have. Hijacked one of my stories before with uh, with that fact. Yeah, hijacked that story. That was back from my college days. Oh, well, kind of hijacked this one. Oh, <laughs> you're right. So tell me more about the the scary no, duck. I think the the time has passed. <laughs> 
What else did you but do? But we had a nice weekend. Did you have a yes, barbecue? You. Did you? We uh, went to some friends for a barbecue yesterday. Yeah, I was, it was good. Did you have the whole family over to your house? Yep, did, and it was lots of fun. I always love it when that happens. And, uh, yeah, it was great. It was fantastic. It was a wonderful day. Austin, that was yours. Did a lot of packing over the weekend. <laughs> I, I didn't really want to ask because for those of you who may or may not know, Austin's moving. And uh, today's my final, or this is my final week here on the show. So, <laughs> how's your back holding up? Uh, the back's okay. We didn't actually we didn't do a lot of moving yet. We did a lot of packing. Okay. So. Right. I saw a couple uh, of photos on the social media over the weekend, though, Austin. You you seem to mix in. Some fun? Some some at least uh, family time along the we way. Did. I mean, we did. We went to the, the cemetery and enjoyed ourselves. It was kind of funny, though, because we got our lawn chairs out. And where my grandparents and grandma is, is buried, uh, there it's right along a road. And so there's not a lot of people walking around the graves. Mm. It's just not a road, but like a road through the cemetery. Sure. And so we got our lawn chairs out. We sat around. We told stories. <laughs> and then the people uh, next to us showed up to clean their relatives' graves off, and they got out the chainsaw, <laughs> and they got out the weed whacker, and they got out the aerator, blower. and then the blower, and they blew it all right back over onto us. <laughs> so that was exciting. How did you react to that? I didn't, because it was better that I not react. I but <laughs> we were just like, hey, yeah, happy now, Memorial Day. So, Austin, you tell me if, if this is appropriate. It's not. When I went to one of the cemeteries I went to yesterday, there was a a group of people who had the lawn chairs, but they also were having a barbecue. At the cemetery? Yes. Hmm. They were grilling up hot dogs and what I don't even know what they were all I saw was the smoke billowing. They were having they were having a camp out at the cemetery. Is that appropriate? Uh I I I don't think it be something that i would do but in in this type of circumstance who's who to judge you know what i mean i mean who, who traditions we're all there on the same day that's their tradition what well, <laughs> yeah it's kind of a, a tough one if you want to honor your lost loved ones with a with a barbecue at the cemetery what you if, know what if in their will was every memorial day you must barbecue <laughs> on my grave i'm not going to look at it and say yes that's exactly what i want to do next memorial day but at the same time can you really judge I, I didn't know. I just never seen that before. They, I mean, they had the coolers, they had the Coleman stove all pumped up and ready to grill. The live band was a little much, but <laughs> just you know, <laughs> unless it was the Grateful Dead playing. No. Uh, all right, okay. that's two. That is two. Two really bad ones. Um, okay, we hope everybody out there had a wonderful Memorial Day weekend. We have a lot to do on the show today. We're going to talk. Uh, a lot of NBA basketball, of course. The finals are set. They are. Yep. And, I, hey, I have a confession to make. Okay. And I feel bad about this. All right. I really do. Do you? I, I do. Because of uh, we all set traditions in our lives along the way. And when I was a kid, I used to watch the Indy 500 every single year. Did not watch one second of it. When is it? That makes uh, that makes three of us. Cause not if, one of us watched for a minute. No, not really into racing. And well, since there's not a really high demand for it around here, I don't feel obligated to watch it from my job. But I mean, don't we feel dirty? Uh, isn't that something we should watch? Why? It's 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 the Indy 500. It's the mecca of 
American auto racing, isn't it? Even though a foreign uh, driver usually wins. I drove down the freeway this weekend. That's enough racing for me. That's, huh. That was more harrowing than the Indy 500. Man, well, I, and I mean, in this country, isn't NASCAR far more popular than IndyCar anyway? So what was that, the Coca-Cola 600? Yeah, the, the one World, in Charlotte. 600? I, I, yeah, but the Indy 500. I mean, th- there was a time when I wouldn't have missed that for anything. Mm. Well, here we are. I didn't watch a second of it. I can't even tell you who won. You know who won? Uh, I don't. I think Starts it was with a P, I right? Think, well, I think it was Team Penske, wasn't it? Because I saw Kevin Graham tweeting out something about it. Uh, he's, he's big in yeah, IndyCar. But, I mean, I, it wasn't like I was hugely into racing when I was uh, young. But I, I never missed that. I don't know. That just seems weird to me. When you say never missed, did you watch it from the start to the finish? Well, I mean. Or did you watch who remember. won? No, I, I watched a good portion of oh. it. Yeah. Simon Panad? Panad, yeah, Panad. Something like that. Yeah, he, he was the winner there. We didn't watch it. None of us. I wonder if our what, listeners are you watch to it. Shame us or something like Kinda. that? Kinda. Why? Yeah, because I feel guilty. I feel like I should. That's uh, that. That is the biggest race on the racing calendar, but isn't it? No, I, it's not. <laughs> is that the one where they drink the milk? <laughs> yes. What Again, a, what a terrible thing. So if NASCAR is a lot bigger than IndyCar. How wouldn't it be a NASCAR race? Because it's in the it's the Indy 500. So it's the Brickyard. And I just remember watching. I remember watching as a kid. I remember watching when Jim Murray wrote that famous line in his column for the L.A. Times: "Gentlemen, start your coffins." I mean, it was. I remember watching races where there was this pall of doom over it. I remember racing, watching races when it was nothing but just fantastic action. I remember watching, you know, the AJ Foyts and the Al Unser's, and you know, I mean, Gordon Johncock and who else used to always win that? Thing? Danny Sullivan. Did you watch this stuff? No. Have you? Um I know you're not a big Simpsons watcher. Austin might know. When I, oh, Austin didn't watch The Simpsons growing up either. Anyway, uh, there's this one where Homer gives up drinking for a month, gives up drinking uh-huh, beer, uh-huh. and he goes to a baseball game, and he's sitting there in the bleachers, and the, the radio's on, you know, and and he just he looks over at Barney and goes, man, I didn't realize how boring this sport really is. <laughs> <laughs> that That's pretty much how I feel about racing in general. But I mean, are 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 racers athletes? Mm, I'd have an opinion if I cared. <laughs> are they athletes because they race, or are they racers that are also athletes? This is the question. Well, there. I mean, I remember hearing one racer say that he lost like ten pounds during a, a single race, and I think if you're if you're losing that kind of weight between all the uh, attention of what you're doing that must be somewhat athletic so now a sport is defined by weight loss <laughs> football players are not athletes well you got hand-eye coordination you know just you gotta... like the esports out there that everybody likes to <laughs> demean I, hey listen i need some help from our listeners because you guys are have zero empathy for what i'm talking about here I there think, must be some of our listeners who are traditional American sports fans who know what I'm talking about here, who, who have – there's some kind of draw to, 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 to watch that thing. I'd like to go see it in person. 
Do you but, hear him just say we're not as American as uh-huh, him, Jake? Yeah, I know. Now, I now he's, he's Easy, Fresno. shaming us <laughs> as bad Americans. Because we didn't watch some boring sport that nobody cares about. <laughs> it is, it's a piece of Americana. you got to admit. you, you got to admit There's, there's lots of pieces of Americana that I just assumed forget. <laughs> Thank you very much. <laughs> there's a lot of good oh, in there, man. too. But there's some things like, you know what? That could just go. I'm not talking about hardcore racing fans. I'm talking about people who just are are hardcore American sports fans. And that, that's something you don't want to miss. Why do you have to throw the word American in there, though? That's what we're talking about. Why can't you just say hardcore sports fans? Because I'm not talking— Because the only way you can drum up interest for this terrible event is by shaming people <laughs> into thinking that they're bad Americans. Because I'm, I'm not talking about, you know— uh, Jean Lafitte in uh, Paris somewhere or something. I'm talking about, you know, the guy sitting in Milwaukee or the guy sitting in Parowan, you know, who considers himself a a sports fan. It's almost like something you can't miss because it's a part of the American sports schedule. Where you at, Parowan? (laughs) 855-340-Zone. Or Pangwich or Logan or I don't know. How much of the tour of California bike race did you watch, Gordon? But that's that doesn't have the same tradition. Bad American. Sorry. <laughs> no, I Sorry, be, I hate to tell you no, this, it but doesn't, you know not, what? That's not the Indy 500. It, it might be a terrific athletic contest, but it's not the Indy 500. Yeah. How much of the Coca-Cola 600 did you watch over the weekend? Not a second of yeah. it. Bad but American. See, but see, I think the Indy 500 is the race that has America's signature written right across it. Which you already mentioned that a foreigner wins more often than not. <laughs> I don't know if that's true or not, but sometimes they do. Can we talk about a sport people care about? Can we get to can we get to basketball? Austin? Two guys, two topics, two, two, two. two opinions. You talk, give me two. This is the split story of the day on 975-1280 the zone. And the zone sports network. Middleton drives, cut off, stolen by Lowry. On the run, Lowry to Leonard, down the down! He threw it in the face of Giannis Antetokounmpo! Kawhi Leonard, with punctuation, makes it 87-79 Toronto! Six-tenths of a second to go. Hill, no good. That's it. That is it. History has been made. The young franchise, born in 93... Named in 94 after expansion drubbings, after sweeps in the playoffs and heartbreaking defeats. The little man has come of age. The Toronto Raptors are Eastern Conference champions. It's on to the finals against the Golden State Warriors. I wasn't listening to that. Who's the little man? You're talking about Toronto, the the Raptors, the young franchise. As, as yeah. a, mm-hmm. yeah. Okay. Any oh. thoughts on that, or are you just clarifying? Let's get right to it, because I don't want to keep boring you over there. Uh, as uh, your very intelligent co-host predicted, the Toronto Raptors are going to represent the Eastern Conference in the NBA Finals. You waffled there in the middle of that series. I'll tell you what, I, I 100% did. After going down 0-2, I, I thought that Toronto didn't have enough bench. I didn't think they had enough firepower to overcome what, uh, what Milwaukee was doing. And Nick Nurse, a first-year head coach, made a terrific adjustment in game number three, basically locking up Kawhi on Giannis and then building that wall that we talked about, and it was 100% effective to the point that the Raptors rattled off four in a row 
And Coach Bud, Coach Budenholzer, who gets all this credit in the world, had no answer for what Nick Nurse did. Nothing. So, so now we can ask why, what's it like to win that many games in a row? He can say, feels darn good. I don't know. I had never known it. <laughs> well, I I think Kawhi is having a playoff. His entire work in the playoffs has been borderline historic. He's, he's been amazing. And he's not, and he's not even 100%. Well, yeah, I mean, he's been faking injury for a couple of years now, but, <laughs> he, you know. Well, can I, a quick side note. So a bruised quad sideline Kawhi for an entire NBA season. There's, uh, what's his name, DeMarcus Cousins tore his quad at the beginning of the playoffs, and he's questionable for game one. Who was it? Was it Tony Parker who said, my injury was much worse It was worse way worse, <laughs> and I'm back. I'm here. <laughs> And I love it how that's a storyline with Kawhi now, too. Well, you know, the injury. There was the injury. He's coming back from that injury. It's like, hmm. Mr. Is, Tough is Guy. He, is he coming back from an injury? You know, I hate that because I want to enjoy Kawhi Leonard as a player without that drag attached to it. Oh, he's amazing. And I love it that he's a two-way player. I love everything about his game and his story Except for, for last year, how we left San Antonio, uh, and I, I've got a big issue with that. But uh, you look at his game, how he's developed his shot, where he was when he came from uh, with San Diego State, right down right. to our history here in this market with yeah. Kawhi Leonard dating all the way back to college. I love everything about that, and, and I like his demeanor too. Yeah. I, he's not particularly colorful, and he's not really interesting to listen to, but he ha- he has sort of a. I I I I'm going to say this, but I don't know whether it's 100 percent authentic or not. But he seems to have a humility about him that some guys don't have. So yeah. it's cool with him, but not Mike Trout. Gotcha. <laughs> well, neither one of them are exactly uh, ripping up no, the old no, Q score no, ranking or whatever that thing was. No, I, I like Mike Trout. I just I'm just telling you that what Sports Illustrator, ESPN, whoever it was, wrote about him. All right, it has I, the personality of a plate of sand. My father and I had this conversation. Uh, Yesterday. While you were watching the Indy 500? Uh, no, oh. no, we were not watching that, actually. Uh, is Kawhi Leonard right now a top three player in the NBA? I'd put him top five. I, I don't know. I Obviously, he's playing great in the, in the postseason, but is that enough to establish himself as that? So here's the debate in my mind. Okay. LeBron decided not to play defense this year. I mean— just decided to ignore that side of the floor. <laughs> and maybe you can't blame him because his team sucked and, you know, he's trying to stay healthy right. and, and all those sorts of things we can have. But Plus you had that business meeting in the afternoon he had to get to. How much does that detract from his top threeness? Because I think Steph has proved that he's that in this playoff run. I think most rational people would put Kevin Durant yes, there. And then, him. so is it Kawhi or LeBron? In my mind, that's the argument that I'm having. Because LeBron's offense didn't really fall off this year, but he did, he decided not to play D, where Kawhi is definitely a force at both ends of the floor, which, which LeBron has absolutely been at points in his career. He just wasn't this year. So how much does that knock him down? In my mind, it puts him behind Kawhi right now. It, it, I have to see. We know what LeBron's capable of doing. Has there been slippage? Is it permanent or was it just a one-off? And so next year we'll see LeBron being LeBron again, which is sort of what I suspect is going to happen. 
I mean, yeah. he's not like he's going to play at his optimum level. I mean, father time and all that. But uh, that's a tough one. That is really, really Because I think one. top five is easy. I think Kawhi is a top five player in the NBA. In fact, I was saying that last year when he wasn't playing. So I It's hard to tell because he wasn't, wasn't playing. Right. But he just reminded everybody how good he was before that devastating quad bruise nearly ended his career. <laughs> We're all reminded exactly how special of a player he is and was and maybe even taking it to the next level. So I I think top five is pretty easy to argue. Uh, now, uh, Giannis, you also have to throw into that discussion, and maybe we're now devaluing Giannis because we saw his weaknesses yes. exposed yeah. uh, a little bit. Mm-hmm. He's, he's got to figure a shot out. If he does, he'll be absolutely unstoppable. Yeah, but if he doesn't, he'll be a superstar, not a legend, if well, that makes any sense. Yeah, they've, uh, they've shown the blueprint on how to uh, right. to slow him down. And uh, I don't know, though. Put LeBron on Toronto instead of Kawhi, and would they have would they be where they are now? That's a great question. I, 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 mean, think, I think they would. Because LeBron was doing that up and down the Eastern Conference yeah. for years, obviously. Yeah, I mean, interest level is pretty important to these guys. And uh, whatever they're, you know, it's like the actor, what's my motivation? Maybe people would move Steph out of their top three because he doesn't play defense. I shouldn't say doesn't play defense, but he's overmatched on that side of the floor more often than not. Well, a lot of these guys, I know you love the two-way player, and I do too. It's fun to watch people do that. I mean, Michael Jordan did that, right? so did Kobe. It's fun, but sometimes these guys are so uh, depended upon at the offensive end that you might understand why they occasionally slip into James Harden mode. See, I don't. I, I'm not. I'm not excusing it, but I'm saying right. that, it, that that is a component to the equation. I I think that what you're saying definitely is reality. So let me put it that way. But I, it, it's such a an excuse to me. And then you look at the greats that did play both ways, and right. you're like, come on, man, the, the game's they, not any longer. But, but think about it, Jake. Did they did they always play? All out at both ends all the time. Well, Buck Johnson didn't. But if you look at some of the other greats, I think the answer is yes. Like, uh, okay, you mentioned, I mentioned Michael, you mentioned Kobe. Uh, who else fits into that category? Uh, so I think Carl and John both fit into that category. John, John's defense started lapsing a little bit as uh, more, father time. More, more than a little bit. Yeah, fair enough. But at his prime, I think he was a savvy defender. Maybe not a shutdown player, but I think savvy defender. Um, maybe not legend status, but Gary Payton was a great player on both sides yeah. of the floor. Um, I think you could safely say Shaq was a great player on both sides of the floor, even though we don't necessarily think of him as a as a you know one on one defender. I watched all those guys play, and I'm trying to remember whether whether they were all out all the time. I mean, that's such a that's such a tough thing to ask somebody to do. But maybe not. Jerry Sloan would laugh at that comment and say, getting paid, go do it. You know? Uh, Hakeem, pretty all out on both sides of the floor. The Admiral. I'd say Tim Duncan certainly was a force at yeah. on his at, during his prime, and maybe it's easier for a big than it is for a wing or a, or a guard. You know, I wonder how much how much this comes into play with great players, great offensive players at the defensive end, namely that they can play it, but they don't. Hey, that's not that's not where I get paid. You know, I think James Harden falls into that category a little bit. 
he's a good enough athlete to play it. That he should be able to play and defense. That's why yeah. he didn't get a vote on the all-defensive yeah, um, team. Yeah, he team. did get a vote, all-defensive team. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Part of the reason I think Clay Thompson 100% deserved to be on an all-NBA team he's and good. that he's better he's than a player like Kemba Walker because he's – he is terrific. He's equally good at both ends. Yes. Maybe, maybe even better at the defensive end. Which though. is an amazing thing to say because yeah. he's pretty damn good at the offensive side. <laughs> so, I, I, I mean, that's so, my bias. I like the two-way player. There's no doubt. But, but Steph isn't necessarily a two-way player, and I've got him in my top three. Yeah, yeah. Uh, okay, so Toronto goes through all this trouble to get beat by the Warriors. And really, I mean, they've accomplished something doing what they've done. Uh, and I think they will get uh, – this will be one-sided. I think the games themselves might be close, but the series won't be. I don't know. I don't know, Gordon, because I'm, I'm hearing things that the, the return of Kevin Durant probably not all that likely – even though I get, I know he is traveling with the team to Toronto. Rick Buecher was saying earlier He's out today. For the first game for sure. Buecher was saying that you could read that two ways, and he covers the Warriors, by the way, as well as a senior NBA writer. But he said you can read it two ways: one, that Kevin's close, and that he could be possibly a go for for game number two, or that he's not going to go for the entire series, so it doesn't matter if he stays home and and rehabs it because he might as well be with his team. Huh. Okay. So you can kind of look into that how you want but I mean here's here's the interesting part about Toronto and speaking of two-way players if you're Toronto Kawhi's so good you can have him take one of their big two out of the series yeah and how does Golden State respond how does Golden State respond to that because that's where Kevin Durant is so valuable because he just can score on anybody at any time so you get him the ball and he'll take care of business they're not going to have that so let's say that Kevin Durant can't go initially uh, do you put Kawhi on Steph? That's what I'm saying. Or yeah. Clay? Who do you want to take? Who do you do take you out put- of the series? Hmm. How effective would he be? Could he take Steph away? Oh yeah, for sure. I mean, d- define what, what, what are we looking at? Yeah, right, right. Instead of thirty plus points, have him average twenty plus points. I might be tempted to do that. Right. Yeah. Uh, although, yeah. And that's how valuable a player like Kawhi is because you have that option. Whereas I think we're going to see Draymond Green defensively matched up on Kawhi Leonard, which is going to be a really tough matchup for him. And maybe not all the time, but Iguodala, I think we'll see him on, on, will be on him too. Kawhi quite a bit. Yeah, yeah, they'll probably throw a lot of different defenders. They'll probably throw mm-hmm. Clay at him as well. Yeah. So, um, you know, that's a tough matchup for him on the other side. But I think this series is actually really fascinating. I'm with you. I think the Warriors win. But I, I, I think Toronto will open some eyes. Now, I'll probably be completely wrong about that, and they'll get swept out. But Well, Toronto's a quality team. Yep. You know, two, two things that we can absolutely strike from the books right now. That Toronto isn't a super high-quality team. It is. I remember talking with Quinn Snyder about Toronto when the Jazz played them, and I remember him saying, what a fine team they are. Really, they are. They're really good. I know they're from the East, and everybody runs down the East. and all. That's a good team. The other thing to absolutely, once and for all, strike from the books is that the Warriors are not a better team without Kevin Durant. No, Can we please put no. a cork on that one? They're a little different, but I don't think better. I'm with you. But, I mean, we've heard an awful lot of talk about that, you know? 
I'm getting to the point now. Every time I hear it, I, I it just it's like it's like uh, you know fingernails on the chalkboard. It's it, it it it. He's the he's probably the best player on planet Earth. All right. So you can't take him off a team and be better. There's no way. All right, the Lakers are an absolute mess. We'll tell tell you about it coming up right around the corner. Big, long piece that's obviously been worked on for a while on uh, ESPN.com today. We'll talk about it coming up straight ahead. It is the big show. Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. This is DJ and PK. I look at the Devils, they went 7-5. and five. All the great ones down there have rolled off a 7-5 and five season. Have you had a coach who didn't go 7-5? <laughs> and five? Well, yeah, they used to only play 10 games. So the Utes have to go back to the 80s to find a coach who didn't have a 10-win season. The Cougars have to go back to the 60s. They were playing fewer games then, so I guess that's not a good bar. That's what I just said. You just said it like I it was brand new news. You weren't paying a lick of attention. I hang on your every stupid word, and me, you just blow me off. That's a great point, Dave. They did play fewer games back then. Why didn't I think? Think of that. I was trying to find Utes and Cougars and match up with my Aztecs. I need some. You can kiss oh my, my Aztecs. I need some root beer. Catch DJ and PK mornings from 6 till 10. Presented by WCF Insurance. Reminding you to be careful out there. On 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. The best coverage of the Utah Jazz in the NBA is right here on The Big Show. Kick it. On 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. 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 Yeah. 7am waking up in the morning gotta be fresh gotta go downstairs gotta have my bowl gotta have cereal Welcome back. It's the Big Show. Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. It's a Total Request Tuesday. Austin threw this out on Twitter. says, uh, Gordon is sad uh, he didn't watch the Indy 500 this weekend. In honor of that, what boring songs would you nominate for us to use as rejoiners to the show today? And our boy, Wild Turkey Fart Blunt, suggested Friday by Rebecca Black. It's a very boring song. Don't we play this song every Friday? Or someone does. I used to. Um... Here's my thing. The Indy 500 isn't boring. It is, though. Well, I guess I don't think it's that, that great, or else I would have made time to watch it. Exactly. I was, I was going to record it because I had a conflict, and I, and I, I, I neglected to. Anyway, whatever. I, I'm not blaming you guys. I'm not trying to shame you guys, as one of our tweeters suggested. I'm just I'm just. Surprised that none of us watched it. You called us bad Americans, Gordon. <laughs> that's not what I said. You, you really did. I never but that's said okay. that. That's all right. I never. I never. I didn't put you up on the uh, j- the jumbotron during a baseball game and shame you that way. We got to get to that a little bit later because that's really funny, actually. The Fresno Grizzlies are my new second favorite PCL team. <laughs> I was unaware of what happened, but when you told me, I thought, okay, we got to get to that. That's really funny. Point. Yeah. Stay tuned. All right, well, I do want to mention this, Gordon, because I, I do think it's uh, an underscore to the importance of uh, good ownership and good front office management in the NBA. <laughs> but uh, ESPN.com's Baxter Holmes released a story today, and it's a great story. And you can tell that he's been working on it for uh, for a very long time because it's really well-sourced. He's got sources from 
uh, and, and a lot of it unnamed, most of it unnamed, but sources from the coaching staff to the front office to just nuts and bolts people from kind of all levels of the Laker organization. From friends of Jeannie Buss? Uh, no, but she references, or he references friends of Jeannie Buss. Okay. Your gal, Linda Rambus, who I know you're, you're <laughs> such a huge, huge fan of. But my, my takeaway from this is, is that you've got to hire the right people. And, and the bottom line issue in the Lakers, and if you read this, it's, it's really evident to me, that Jeannie Buss did not hire people with enough experience. That Buck Johnson, Irvin, <laughs> and Rob Palinka don't know what they're doing because they've never done it before. And this story is really interesting because it, it shows that, you know, even when Irvin showed up, which was once every week or every two weeks in some circumstances, mm-hmm. he'd come in and the, the staff had a joke that who's going to show up today, Magic or Irvin? Because mm-hmm. Magic is that guy you see on TV with a big smile, but Irvin is is laying down the law. In fact, there was a some snafu about getting a, a player over to the basketball facility to work out pre-draft, and they ordered like the wrong time for the car service or something like that, and he basically threatened to fire the staffer, and they eventually quit, and they had anxiety issues after <laughs> it. But it, it kind of describes the culture that they created. And one issue in it, Rich Paul is playing a huge role. He's he's riding on the, the charter jet and doing all these things that agents usually don't have the privilege of doing. And Palinka coming from that world was actually getting manipulated by that world. Mm-hmm. And the other agents for the players on on the Lakers are resenting the relationship that Rich Paul has with the Laker brass and are encouraging their clients to stay away. Hmm. Not good. And then it gets to, uh, you know, there's, again, this is a really long story, but there, there are parts where, uh, about Jeannie, where she is well aware of all of this because really there are members of her family scattered throughout the organization that undoubtedly have told her, and she chooses to do nothing. And Linda Rambus, who has this reputation as the shadow owner of the Lakers, there's a part of the story where she actually relishes that. I mean, doesn't really hide from it, you know, doesn't it, it actually embraces the fact that she manipulates the owner into mm. doing what she wants. Because that assigns to her power. And then, yes, basically. OK, before we go any further with this, do you think that people who are doing things for the first time are bound to fail? Let me give you an example. OK, even smart people, because Phil Jackson is a a terrific basketball mind, mm-hmm. but he goes back to run the Knicks. And we, how'd that go? Not well. And, Not well, Bob. And, and you'd have to say he's a he's a he's a, uh, obviously a, a, an intelligent basketball mind. But sometimes doing things the first time, it does take a few laps around the track before you really get it completely figured out. But I, I'm trying to think of somebody who did something for the first time and just absolutely killed it. I'll tell you this, and I've I've um, I've mentioned these this story or this on the air before. The first time I was made program director of the Zone, which is over ten years ago now, I was completely in over my head. Did you? I made a bunch of mistakes. Really? Yeah, absolutely. 
and had to learn how to interact with the you know people in the boardroom as well as staff members mm. and I was put in some awkward positions too that that weren't the easiest to negotiate my way out of but I definitely made some mistakes I 100% learned from uh, did you learn first, them quickly? First go around. I mean, could you, I mean, how long did it take you before you felt like you, you had a, a firm grip on the whole challenge? Oh, I don't know if I could, because different problems or different mistakes uh, were, but, but probably. It's a moving target. Probably six months to a year. But here's the thing. I don't feel like I was, I, th- I feel like I was rushed into that position a little bit and maybe not I'm not trying to make a mistake don't, or a, an excuse. Don't get right. me wrong here. But I, I wasn't necessarily groomed for that position enough. I was just kind of thrown into it because of another awkward situation, well, which we don't need to really, talk about it. These guys aren't really groomed But, but I guess that's that's exactly yeah. my point. I wasn't hired to be the president of basketball operations for the Los Angeles Lakers, a job that dozens, if not hundreds, of qualified people would bend over backwards to get, you know? Yeah. It, it, I don't think it's really apples to oranges. I mean, you, you I I would guess that if you if the Lakers called Dennis Lindsay and say we're going to give you a substantial raise and we want you to come in and run this show, he'd at least give it some thought. So, and and I think Dennis is a good example actually. Look at look at how he was groomed for his current yeah. position, mm-hmm. you know? Spending time with RC Buford down there in San Antonio and then time with Daryl Morey in Houston and look at his background and that's kind of working your way up, not just taking a former superstar, right. plugging him in and saying go, and then saying, well, he's qualified for this. He opened a bunch of Starbucks in Southern California. Same thing with uh, with Justin Zanuck. But I mean, see, Zanuck— He's been groomed. Oh, came, exactly, yeah. He came from a different world, sort of, on the other side, and uh, seems to have— uh, uh, been able to observe. It's like it's like a young player who needs yep. to watch a little bit before he's actually out there. Well, I think Zanuck, who's got an agent background just like Rob Palinka, but you look at instead of Palinka just went from Kobe's agent to general manager of an NBA franchise, Zanuck has spent well at least a decade now, right, or pretty close. It's it's he's been a while in the in the front office for the Jazz and the Bucks. It's even multiple franchises. Yeah. So there, I think there is some grooming there. And, and I've told you this before. I don't hate the idea of having a general manager with an agent's background. You have to learn to function in that world, but you've got to make sure you've got the right guy. That's the most important thing. The, one thing that really stood out to me in this in this piece is apparently, uh, well, Rob Polinka calls himself a storyteller, but apparently he's just making stuff up. <laughs> he told, he, there's an anecdote in this story he told uh, to his players about Kobe Bryant. And how Kobe saw, uh, but what's the what's the Heath Ledger Batman? Uh, Bat, Dark Moon Rises. Dark Knight Rises. <laughs> Bad Moon Rises. Wow. Something like that. Okay. The Dark Knight. Dark Knight Rises. No, just the Dark Knight. So uh, the Dark Knight. So Palinka tells a story about how Kobe saw that movie and was so impressed by Heath Ledger's performance that when they were in New York, Palinka lined up a dinner with Heath Ledger so Heath could tell Kobe exactly how he got into that moment and Uh that character. And then Palinka said, and Kobe used those lessons in the game that night against the Knicks. Well, there was one significant problem. They'd never met. Well, Heath Ledger had been dead for two months before the movie even came out. Uh, that's not really funny. Hmm. <laughs> so I don't think that story maybe actually uh, happened. Yeah. And then there was a there was another one where um, 
uh, Palinka was showing up in the coaches' meetings with Luke Walton uh, when he was meeting with the team, and apparently it was having a real effect on how Luke was communicating with his players because the players wouldn't communicate back. Because we've we've been there before, right? Where there's a a big boss in the room or something like that, and maybe you're not as forthcoming with your thoughts and feelings as mm. you would be otherwise. So Walton told Palinka, like, hey, this this is not good. This is negatively affecting us. And Walton said, Walton said, oh, yeah, well, uh, since you've left Golden State, Bob Myers is doing the same thing up at Golden State. Huh. Well, Bob Myers has never once sat in the coaches' meeting, according to Bob Myers. Mm. So yeah. there's this reputation that Palinka is full of it. Mm. I'm trying to think of how a story like that could get twisted. Maybe maybe Palinka talked with Jack Nicholson and Jack Nicholson had talked to Heath Ledger about playing the Joker. And somehow that story got twisted. I, I don't know. I don't know. Just to manufacture stuff like that is pretty Yeah, I mean, <laughs> you can't do that. I know. I'm, working with somebody who manufactures anecdotes is just see, entirely you guys, frustrating. I was just going to say that you make that accusation, and yet it's all true except for, like, two. He, he just said someone we work with. You assigned it to you. That's true. I, I did I just say he, that. I know what he's getting at. <laughs> I know exactly what he's getting at. All right, we'll get to more coming up. Stay tuned. want to remind you about the 60 and 60. The Zone Sports Network is counting you down to the start of the 2019 college football season by ranking the 60 best college football players in the state in 60 days, as voted on by members of the Utah Sports Media. And now you, the fans, that's right, for the first time ever, you too can have your voices heard by casting your ballot in the top 60 and 60 fan vote. Visit 60 in 60 fan vote. Com. By the way, that's the number 6060in60fanvote.com or just go to 1280thezone.com and submit your ballot today. More next, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. This is Tony Parks and Austin Horton. I was thinking about that. Like, you know, your best humble brag is blank. Your best humble brag? Yeah, our own chance to brag here. So, Austin, okay. fire away. I don't know if I should be proud of it, but I am. No one holds a grudge better than me. Yeah. You get on that list, you're not getting off it. <laughs> Okay, and I never forget you, and I never forget your phone number either. Yeah. And uh, I'm I'm pretty good at shaving my, my dome every morning. That's pretty good. Yeah, I don't no, you... cut it. I never I never cut it. I never bleed. I spoke at Hot Rod Hunley's funeral as Hot Rod Hunley, and I nailed it. Made people laugh, smile, and erupt in ovation at a funeral. It was a beautiful moment, and it was my honor to give a tribute to Hots. This was fun doing some weird flexes <laughs> today on the air. Tony Parks and Austin Horton, weekdays from 10 to noon on 97.5, 1280 The Zone in the Zone Sports Network. Going out to Lundy, let us know what boring songs you want to hear today. Really? At you, Austin Horton. You think Inya is boring? Well, the the tweeter does, but yeah, it's it's not the liveliest thing I've ever heard. Uh, Gordon, we got to get into this uh, a little bit later on in the show. I thought I'd bring it up real quick. I think you're uh, also thinking about writing uh, about this at some point. Uh, but basketball player... High school basketball player R.J. Hampton has decided that uh, he's not going to go to college, Gordon. He was kind of the last big recruit holdout for college basketball, and he announced announced today, not going to go to college. I'm going to New Zealand. 
Kansas thought they had him. Where I'm going to play for a season and then enter into the 2020 NBA draft. What I find fascinating about this whole process, and and I'm not saying that this is going to become some sort of trend, although... Uh, I don't think it's ever happened before. There have been people who have done it, but I think it's been more academics-oriented than just for the the dream of playing in the NBA, right? At least for what about Brandon for American Jennings? guys. Yeah, I don't know. Or uh, Manuel uh, Moudier did too, right? Oh, Moudier? Moudier, what am I saying? Yeah. Moudier. Well, maybe they have. But uh, anyway, this is something that I find fascinating because college basketball is not that great, you know? And so, unless you're going to get paid, <laughs> which is also a trend in college basketball, but if you're not going to get paid, why not go do your uh, do your improving day after day after day without having to worry about pretending to haul peachy folders around or something on a campus somewhere? We'll get into this. We need to, because I don't think we're going to agree on this whole thing. Okay. I heard Hans and Scotty talking a lot about it today, and I, I don't necessarily agree with the two of them either, although I thought they brought up some really, really interesting points. So I, I think there's a lot to this discussion. All right. Let's get to so it. So we'll, uh, we'll get into it uh, maybe a little bit later, coming up in the 5 o'clock hour, because uh, coming up next we have Kirk Cragthorpe of the Salt Lake Tribune, and at 4.30 our good friend Chris Mannix joins the show for a little NBA Daily Assist. want to remind you of our friends at Action Plumbing. Spring into action before the summer rush. Get a complete AC diagnostic checkup before the rush for just 39 bucks. Schedule today by calling 801-833-3333 at Action Plumbing. Alright, uh, joining us now, we always look forward to when he gets a chance to jump uh, jump on the show because, you know, usually means great deals for our listeners. It's our friend Kent from Technoglass. What's going on, Kent? Hey, guys, we've got an amazing deal out here uh, at Technoglass, and uh, it's for all your zone listeners. I know there were a lot of listeners out there that were probably traveling over the, the holiday weekend, and they got those nasty big cracks and, and chips all over their windshields. Now, this uh, deal is available at over 25 Technoglass locations here in Utah. Here's the deal. And you heard it right, $99 windshields, $75 labor install, over 85% of the vehicles qualify. And you guys, we also include free lifetime rock chip repair, a lifetime workmanship warranty, and our one-year no-hassle breakage guarantee. To get that $99 windshield, here is the number. It is 801-562-2200. Write it down. That's 801-562-2200. Now, they don't have to get the windshields done today. They just have to call in, and to get that $99 windshield, they have to call and get it scheduled by 7 o'clock tonight. Here's the number again, 801-562-2200, 801-562-2200. Call right now to get that $99 windshield. Back to you guys. Thank you very much, Kent. Get on that schedule. Got to do it tonight before 7 o'clock. Don't have to get the service done. You just have to get on the schedule, 801-562-2200. That's 801-562-2200. Kurt Cragthorpe next, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. This, this, this is Hans Olsen and Scotty G. It's what you want. A lot of times people will ask me if you wouldn't have been a professional football player, if you wouldn't have been a radio analyst, what would you have been? I always tell them a paleontologist. 
We've done shows for a long time. You've never, ever mentioned that, ever. I know. Paleontology? What? Maybe if you showed more I interest was, in the things I'm interested in. Was it just in? because of Laura Dern and Jurassic Park? Because you say that, then I'm like, okay, I got you. You know, Sam Neill was never right for her. Now, Dr. Hans. Dr. Hans. <laughs> Girl, nature always finds a way. I don't know how you guys take my dreams and just crumple them up like a piece of paper and throw it right back in my face. Oh, man. Catch Hans and Scotty every day from noon to 3. Presented by your Rocky Mountain Chevy dealers. On 97.5, 1280 The Zone. And The Zone Sports Network.